My message today was actually partly inspired by being at youth camp. That was a fun experience. A lot of weird stuff goes on at youth camp, my goodness. Uh, especially the first day. Um, I've studied lots of psychology and sociology, and I'm just always a bit of a studier and a people watcher. And so the, the first day is probably one of the funniest times for people watching because uh, people are like jockeying for position trying to find out who the cool kids are and what they're going to be like that week and so like um, all sorts of like boys are out there like arm wrestling and racing to show like who's the strongest or the fastest um, there was girls walking around saying hey I can do a flip I'm in gymnastics want to see and uh, just lots of performance basically was going on and there was a really strange collection of boys who decided they were going to be like the they were trying to be funny, I guess, and they decided they were going to um, baptize the fan that was in their room. Like, they literally took the fan out of the room and threw it in the, in the lake. And, yeah, it's like just pure genius, obviously, in a week of, like, 30-plus. Let's take the one thing that can cool us down and throw it away. So it's, like, weird stuff. But, anyways, one of the cool moments I did have is I've been asked a question that I was asked many, many times in my life, and that's... Why is it that I, I don't swear? Why is it that I seem to tell clean jokes and such? And I'm sure you've all been asked this, like in your workplace. If, you know, the longer you become a Christian, the more God kind of refines your speech. You kind of walk away from uh, some of what the world's ways of doing things are. And then people kind of notice that and they, they uh, often question you on that. Now, I know I was, I was asked that so many times growing up. Why am I different like that? And usually I always responded saying it's... Well, it's bad. It's a sin. The Bible says it's a sin. And, uh, but this time, I guess I was asked, and the answer that came out of me, I, it came out so fast, I tried to pull it back, actually, because it sounded weird. I was asked that, you know, why don't I, why don't I swear? Why don't I, uh, you know, tell crude jokes, all that kind of stuff? And it, what just came out of me, I said, well, I think it's beneath me. And then as I said that, I was like, wow, that kind of sounded really elitist. But I said, you know what, I just believe, like, you know, I've been gifted like a creativity and a great vocabulary, and there's all sorts of wonderful expressions out there that could be used in all sorts of scenarios, and, uh, you know, there's beautiful metaphors and similes and hyperboles and idioms, and uh, if you can't remember learning those terms in English class, I'm sorry, I'm not going to define them all, <laughs> um, but anyways, and I felt like sometimes I just feel it's a waste of my breath and a disservice to, to myself even. Uh, when I'm using, or to, to ever use foul language. And, um, or even, the, you know, when it comes to humor, I've never really liked what's t termed as toilet humor or potty humor, which there was a lot of, let's get real here, at camp, a lot of junior high boys going around thinking they're funny. Just never thought that was funny because I've always thought that's like low-hanging fruit, like anyone can do that. And I've always preferred what I would call smart humor, or when it, I think that's officially termed smart humor. Uh, you know, people who are quick-witted can come up with a comeback really quickly or a funny comment or satire and ir irony. And I'm not preaching completely on those topics today, but as I begin to dwell on that, that question longer, why did I say that it's beneath me? Um, and over time, I just began to kind of dwell, dwell on that. Um, why did that come out of me? And I started to think of the song, actually, um, Great Are You, Lord, where we sing in that song, it's your breath in our lungs, so I pour out my praise, or I, we, we pour out our praise. And I started to realize that what an amazing privilege it is to have the very breath of God within our lungs. 
And I began to dwell on that even more. What does it mean that I have God's breath in my lungs? And that's what I want to kind of look at today and kind of expand upon the concept. That's kind of the origin story of where it came from. Um, and just a simple question a kid asked, and the next thing I know, I go through a deep theological search, I guess, and, and wondering. And I was like, wow, this is cool. So now you'll have an answer to this question that's um, more than it's bad, or it's what the Bible says. But anyways, oftentimes when we think about sin, and we think about things that God does not like, we think of the big stuff. Oh my goodness, like straight up murdering somebody, or uh, cheating, stealing. And we often overlook all these other things that bi- the Bible will term as sin. Don't really think they're such a big deal, like gossip, or slander, swearing, telling perverse jokes. Yeah, what's just beginning to really s- strike me, though, is like, why, and you'll see this as a scripture we're going to read today, which is in Ephesians 4 and 5, you're going to see that when often there's like a listing off of, of, of sin or things that God doesn't like or is displeased by, you'll notice that, and I've always wondered about this, it seemed strange as a kid, but like, um, it'll go through all sorts of stuff like, you know, stealing and um, lying, and, and then at the same time you have gossip in there and slander and swearing, all this kind of stuff. And it's like it's listed right in as, as if it's you know, equal to these other ones. And yeah, again, we're kind of going to look at that today. Why is that such a serious thing? So to be in, in Ephesians 4 and 5. And uh, I'm going to start at verse 29, so that's why it's the 4 and 5, so it's the end of 4. And again, uh, I cut off a couple verses here just for length, but it's also talking about lying and stealing. And then all of a sudden here we have in, in 29 says this. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Then on to chapter 5. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. That's a key line there. We're imitating God. Live a life filled with love. Follow the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place amongst God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those that try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light will produce, uh, within you produces only what is good and right and true. So again, what I want to stick to today is not so much all those other sins, but just the ones that misuse the breath of God. And first I want to look at just the privilege of having God's breath and that we do indeed have God's breath within our lungs. And this comes right from the very beginning of the Bible, and then it's a concept you'll see throughout the Bible. And uh, just a note here, um, so this is a combination of the spiritual and the physical, because we are spiritual and physical beings, and so there is this beautiful union that we can't necessarily wrap our heads around, that kind of 
almost everything physical can have like a spiritual element to it. And so when we're talking about breath, I'm not necessarily just talking about breathing in oxygen and out carbon dioxide, but also like the very spirit of God. All kind of connected, so there's power in that. So anyways, Genesis 2-7 is the first one. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So the first human being is created and given life by God, literally breathing his breath into us. Then in uh, Job 34, 14 through 15, it says, If God were to take back his spirit and withdraw his breath, see, there's both at the same time there, same thing, withdraw his breath, all life would cease and humanity would, would turn again to dust. Isaiah 42, 5, God the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. Then a bit of a longer one, Acts 17, 24 through 28. Then God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he's not served by human hands as if he, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and their boundaries on their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So it's by God breathing his breath into our lungs. We've been given a life at all. We've been given a spirit, a soul. So it's this amazing privilege. And it's this big concept that's out th uh, throughout Scripture. So bringing us to point number two, the power of having God's breath. Again, so we are made to imitate God, to be like him. We are made in his image. And obviously, if you think of all throughout Scripture, the amazing things that God does with his voice, the spectacular things that he does with his breath, and we're made to be like him. Think for a second that the same breath that's in your lungs was that same breath that spoke all of creation into existence. That same breath that Jesus used to calm the stormy sea. That same breath that he told Lazarus to come out of the tomb. That same breath that says it is finished upon the cross. That's within you. The, and again, the Bible says that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that's within you. There's a lots and lots of scripture about the power of our words. About what we use our breath to do. Proverbs 18.21, probably one of the most famous ones, says that the, the tongue has the power of life and death. Life and death is in our tongue. What we choose to do with that breath of God can either bring life or it can bring death. We can speak life or speak death. Proverbs 25.18, telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Not exactly the nursery rhyme or whatever of the words will never hurt me. Sticks and stones, I break my bones, the words will never hurt me. The Bible says, no, just the same. Just as harmful, just as powerful. Romans, uh, sorry, I messed it up, Proverbs 15.4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. And we also have Matthew 12, 36 through 37. I tell you this, this is Jesus talking. You must give an account on judgment day for every word you speak. The words you say will, ever, will either acquit you or condemn you. Just think of all the Bible verses that are out there about the power of confession. 
speaking out something, verbalizing, maybe it's our belief in God, confessing that he died on the cross for us, that he really is God. Or you can think of that verbalization, that confession of our sins, and confessing that to God, or even confessing that one to another so that we may be healed and set free. Uh, think of all the different Bible verses that are out there that talk about you know, making declarations, declarations of faith, or also, say, praying, or um, using our words to deliver people from what they're suffering uh, from, or um, praying for people you know, to be healed, or declaring healing, or also prophesying. It's literally all over the place. We, you know, we use the breath of God continually, the spirit moving out of us that do all sorts of things. And again, sometimes we just don't, we don't realize the sheer spiritual significance of everything that comes out of us because we are made in God's image. We're either speaking life or speaking death. It really is an extraordinary power that we have within us that we often look past and, and don't think of. Which brings us to our third point here. What's the purpose? The purpose of having God's breath, having that within us. The verse that kept coming back to me uh, as I began to think through this, uh, another famous one, Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's our purpose. That's our main reason for having the breath of God within us, to praise the Lord, to, to bring glory to his name, to proclaim his goodness, and to bring people to, to him. We bring that light into the darkness when we, when we praise the Lord, when we preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We can bring healing and reconciliation and restitution and recognition with our words. There's a reason that we spend, you know, the beginning of each Sunday morning praising God, very, very explicitly praising Him and lifting up His name and declaring His, His, His glory and giving Him honor because it's very, very powerful. When we lift up its name, it shifts the atmosphere of the place. It scatters the enemy. And it shifts our very soul towards God. But again, too many times we completely misuse that breath of God. We do the opposite. Rather than bringing ourselves closer to God or others closer to God or shifting the atmosphere you know, towards good, towards light, too many times we use it you know, to push people away from God, to bring ourselves further away from, from, from God. Um, you know, to hurt other people. Instead of bringing a blessing, we bring curses. And just going to go back to Ephesians uh, for a second here. Uh, 5 verse 4 says, Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. I think of how many times we have a choice of what we're going to do with the breath of God. Continually. We might be in these situations where we decide, you know what, we're going to make a coarse joke, I'm going to say something foolish, um, swear, whatever, curse things. And we've lost them often an opportunity to be thankful to God in, in, our, in, that, in that moment. We've, used an, we've, lost an, we've lost an opportunity to bless and instead chosen to curse. Oftentimes we think when we're complaining, like we just don't think anything of it. We don't even often realize there's a spiritual significance there. Think of like, um, I guess a type of complaining that I would say would also be a type of a cursing would be, um, how many times do we like complain about the day? You just wake up and all of a sudden, oh, it's a Monday. <laughs> 
I hate Mondays. Mondays are terrible. What a waste of, you know, what a waste of a day. I have to wake up, go to work, whatever. And those are like the first, some of the first words out of your mouth. Cursing the day. Oh, or it's winter. Or it's summer. It's hot. Or it's a holiday and I have to go to church. Like, how many times do we do that? Like, that just, it comes right out of our mouth and it's, and the Bible said, instead, let there be thankfulness. When you have that opportunity, you know, and what's flowing out of your breath, is it going to be something that honors the Lord or something that brings dishonor to him? And again, another famous verse, and we used to sing this a lot when I was a kid, Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in his, and be glad in it. Instead, when we, you know, instead of waking up and cursing the day and... Uh, why don't we say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad because something can happen today. You know, God is still God today. I might be tired. I might be cranky. But God is still God. He can do something amazing today. He can transform lives today. He can heal me today. This could be the day. It's the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I'm not a morning person. I, honestly, I struggle with that. My first, my first thought continually when I wake up is I want to go back to bed. I don't often think of, ah, I love this day, bless, bless this day. Um, and I don't often, you know, leap out of my bed <laughs> with excitement to say, hey, let's face the day. Usually I come to life after I have my shower and brush my teeth, do my hair and such. <laughs> But anyways, that's a, that's a shift that I'm trying to make. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. Let my breath be used towards blessing this day, not cursing it. Let's believe and declare that there's going to be good things to happen today. Even today, honestly, that's, uh, you know, this is the day we don't have all that much attendance here in this church because people are out camping and good for them. You know, we, uh, resting's important. And having time with family is important. Uh, you know, people are at the camp, and it's like, are we going to curse this service because there's not that many people in it? Or are we going to bless it and say, God, you're here, and you're going to do whatever you want in this service? What's the attitude we're going to have? What's going to come out of our mouth? Maybe there's a reason these kids are in the service today instead of in children's church. God can bless it. God can give them maybe an eloquent response now when, you know, when they run into other kids with foul mouths, and they say, hey, why aren't you like this? Well, let me tell you. The very breath of God in my lungs. Who knows? Let's bless things instead of curse them. Here's another one we do often. How many times do we curse our own self? Call ourselves stupid or not that, all that good looking or that there's something wrong with us or our bones are old or we're young and naive. I don't know. How many times do we do that? See, when we're doing that, we're speaking out against the very temple of the Holy Spirit. And saying it's not good enough when Jesus has come and, you know, made us his temple. God has come and made his temple within us. And how many times do we say it's not good enough? Speak out against it and curse it. Rather than thinking of ourselves as this beloved son and daughter of God, made in the image of God, his masterpiece. How many times do we speak ill of ourselves? Also, how many times do we speak ill of others? Cursing them, calling them, you know, stupid or belittling them when we could be building them up. That's something that, I, that grieves me sometimes within Christian culture. It's, I've, if you've been around humans, you've seen this a lot where like, 
you can watch somebody walk out of the room and the next thing you know, like the people that are still in that room are gossiping about them or saying, uh, saying something bad and it's just sad. And, it's, and often I can see that even in Christian circles and it just uh, can just grieve me. Ah, we should be better. We need to be better. Ephesians 4.29 again, it says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those that hear, hear them. How often do we discourage when we could be encouraging? We are misusing the very breath of God. We are using it for a wrong purpose so many times in so much of what we do. Every breath is precious. What are we using them for? So just to conclude this morning, I just want to say like this is, this is a battle to use the breath of God for its intended purpose. It's a battle we all face. There's no one in here that's perfect. There's no one in here that constantly uses the breath of God for its intended purpose all the time. There's people here that curse instead of bless. There's people that speak death instead of life. All in here. That's a, it's a human thing. It's a battle. For some, yeah, I've... It might be swearing other people, it's perverse jokes, other people, uh, it's gossip, other people, it's slander. It's just different for people. But yeah, we need to fight this battle and take it seriously. If what, we're, what are we going to use that breath of God for? Are we going to steer that breath in the right direction? We've been given a rudder. James says that rudder is our tongue. And like how a rudder is a tiny thing on a ship, but it can steer the entire ship. Your tongue can steer your entire day. It can shift the entire atmosphere of a, of a whole room. It can change your day of work. It's powerful. James 3, uh, actually, James has a lot of stuff to say about the tongue, but here in uh, James 3, 9 through 10 says this, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So when it comes to, you know, these big lists of sin that we read kind of in Ephesians there, often we just kind of overlook these other ones, uh, you know, about slander and gossip, etc. And when they're lumped into other things like, uh, you know, sexual sin and, and stealing and uh, lying and all that kind of stuff. But again, it's, all, it's, it's, it's this misuse of the very breath of God. And that's why it's actually continually talked about in the New Testament. If, again, if you were to do lots of Bible studies throughout the New Testament, you're going to see continually the power of words. And it's taken very seriously. And it's that same concept of the, bottle, the body being that temple of the Holy Spirit, and God's Spirit dwells within us. And so when we're sinning against our own body, by treating it poorly, or sleeping around, or whatever, it's a sin really against God himself, because we are sinning against the very temple where God's presence dwells. And similarly, when we're misusing the breath of God, that spirit of God that's flowing out of us and being directed into the, into the world, it's a sin right against God when we are misusing it. And it grieves him. Basically, we have borrowed breath. And too many times we treat it terribly. I was thinking, like, my dad's gone in the motorhome right now, and he's left home his Challenger, his car, and if I borrowed that throughout this whole month and I treated it terribly and he came back and found his car was all smashed to bits and he found out I was driving around the Lakeland like 
I was one of the members of the Dukes of Hazard. He'd be, <laughs> he'd be grieved. He'd be grieved. I took something that was borrowed and I did not treat it well. <laughs> he'd be grieved. He'd be angry. He'd be upset. And that's what it's like when we treat the breath of God so callously. He breathed it into us. And oftentimes we are using it to do things we shouldn't. Causing all sorts of hurt and pain in this life. So we need to take that seriously. There's a privilege to having the very breath of God in our lungs. There is a power to having that breath of God. And it, it can be used for good or evil. And also that there is a purpose for the breath of God within us. If there's a moment in time, honestly, where you're feeling like there's some things you want to say that you maybe shouldn't say, <laughs> that you're feeling an anger dwelling up within you, a frustration, take a moment to pause and say, God, there is a purpose for my breath in these moments. What should I do with it? Because I can either speak life in this moment or I can speak death. I can bring a blessing or I can bring a cur curse. I can bring discouragement or I can bring encouragement. What should I do with it? So lean into God with the purpose of your breath. I think when you walk into work, whether it's, I guess, Tuesday, maybe you got the Monday off, what can you, use, what can you do with that breath of God that's going to bring life into your, your workplace? Or whether it's in, uh, my goodness, the supermarket when you're going through getting groceries, you have, a, you have a moment there to use the breath of God for the glory of God, for the purposes of Him. But again, I, just, I want you to... Uh, Realize that, yes, it, it is a battle. There's no one in here that's perfect. We're going to continually battle with this until the day that we die, until we're made perfect in heaven. But something I have encouragement, I get encouragement from, is reading the Psalms of David, and he's just very um, open about the struggles he goes through. And there's a concept that he does continually, actually, in a lot of different Psalms, where he literally commands himself. He commands his soul in the right direction. He takes a moment to make sure he is aligned with the things of God. Lots of psalms like this, but I'm just going to read Psalm uh, 103, just the first couple of verses. It says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inner, innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not his benefits. That's a good starting point. If you think, you know, what am I going to do with the breath of God today? And first things first, let me give praise to God. And you can see what's important there and shows up in verse 2. Forget not all his benefits. The thankfulness of God, and that was in Ephesians as well. That needs to be kind of our grounding and our base. Let me start here. Let me start in the thankfulness of God. You begin to realize that all of what God has done for you and the amazing plan and purpose he has for your life. So I hope today that you're having like a renewed realization of that privilege, that power, and that purpose of having God's breath in your lungs. It really is an incredible gift. But when we're swearing or slandering or gossiping, cursing, discouraging, that's a misuse and there is a better purpose for our breath. We weren't created to complain all day. <laughs> There's a better purpose for our breath. And so just like I said and what flew, you know, kind of just flowed out of me on youth, that, that day at youth camp, this stuff really truly is beneath us. We are made in the image of God, made to be like God to follow in his footsteps and follow his lead. And so if when he used his breath to speak life, literally into all of creation, he used his breath to raise the dead. He used his breath to encourage all sorts of people. Um, we should be able to do the same and, 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 and 
Yeah, and just follow his lead. You know, I think we can, we can speak life instead of death. We can build up instead of tear down. We can bless instead of curse. We can pray instead of panic. We can prophesy and encourage instead of demeaning and devaluing and discouraging. We breathe to worship. And sometimes we think of worship as only Sunday morning, but it's not. It's in everything you do. Every time you're using your breath for the glory of God, it's an act of worship. Because that's our ultimate purpose in this life. To bring that glory to God in everything that we do. Encouraging people is an act of worship. Speaking life into a situation. Uh, praising you know, the day that the Lord has made is an act of worship. Prophesying is an act of worship. Praying is an act of worship. So let's all just be reminded of that wonderful grace of God today. That he's going to meet you where you're at. All of us struggle in this regard in different ways. But God will meet you where you're at and he will refine you and he will teach you better uses of your breath. He will continue to help us in this endeavor to really speak life. To use this amazing gift that he's given within us. See, it's our mission to reach the lakeland for Jesus. We want to see lives transformed here. But if our congregation just really began to say, I have the very breath of God within my lungs, his spirit within me, and when it's flowing out of me, I need to make sure I'm directing it in the proper way. I need to watch what I'm saying. I need to be speaking life instead of death. I need to be bringing blessing instead of curse. If we begin to really do this as a church and start using this better and continue to get better in this regard, I think it will go a long way in towards accomplishing our purpose and mission as a church. So I'm just going to end in prayer here, and thanks so much for joining us today, both in person and online. And I think, yeah, since this is an issue, I guess, that all of us deal with in one way or another, I pray that there's something in here that God is kind of touching on today. But anyways, yeah, let's just end in prayer here today. Thank you, God, that we have your very breath in our lungs. And so first, God, I just want to exemplify what we do first and foremost, and that's to give you the praise and the honor and the glory today. God, in the natural, um, there's so often so many t- reasons we might have to complain, uh, to feel discouraged even, God, but we're just going to command our souls today to praise his mighty name instead to be thankful for all the good things. And so, God, we're just going to do that today. God, we are thankful that you have given us life. We're thankful thankful that you've given us breath. God, we are thankful for every blessing that you have poured out on our lives. And God, may we be reminded of that continually. God, we thank you that we live in an amazing nation that is so beautifully free in all sorts of great ways. God, we thank you that you have sent us to St. Paul, Alberta, of all places. You've sent us with a mission and a purpose to reach the souls of this region. And God, we know that they are very valuable to you. They are made in your own image. And so, God, we are thankful that we've been placed here. We are here with a purpose. We are here with a plan. Right from the Almighty God, from the throne room of heaven. And God, I just pray just uh, an encouragement over all the people today. That they have power within them. They often think, you know, I haven't even been gifted to speak, but God, may they just be reminded of Moses. He was a stutterer. (laughs) And God, you used him. We think of Jeremiah, who didn't think he could speak very much, and you said, no, no, I'm going to put words in your mouth. I'll help you speak. So God, may they just think that if God can use Moses, if he can use Jeremiah, 
he, I, my goodness, he's, you've spoken through a donkey before. So God may they just be reminded, you can literally speak through any, anybody. And so God may they just think, yes, I really do have this power within me. And God can and will help me direct it in, in, in the right way. And that I can be used to make a difference in this Lakeland region. In every moment that, you know, I'm awake. And God may people just think, you know, even when they go to the supermarket or go out for lunch here after church, that these small moments they have, that you can even speak through them just to bring encouragement, to speak life in, into people, uh, to shift the atmosphere in, in all sorts of places. I pray, God, even as they go home, they're going to bless the home that, they've, uh, that they live in as well, God, and just begin to shift the atmosphere of that. God, I just pray even just within this own church and in this own sanctuary that as we leave from this place, we're going to speak life into one another and realize just the power that we have and the amazing privilege we have and start to use this breath of God for your purpose. God, even pray for those that are shy, shy in their voice and don't speak out very much, God, that you just give them a new boldness to say, that, you know, that same spirit that, you know, raised Christ from the dead is within them. And they're, co- they're capable of doing all sorts of amazing things. And so that they begin to speak out more. Uh, whether it's a kid that's, you know, in some, uh, playing on the playground with friends, that they, you know, speak up when they're seeing things that aren't, aren't good and they can shift the atmosphere and change the day. Or whether it's people at work or people even in their own homes, God, that they just begin to use that, use that breath of God for your purposes. God, I pray you're going to bless everyone here, uh, both here and online, um, to bless them for kind of tuning in and seeking after you and looking to learn something from you today, God, and have their spirit touched by you. And God, I pray you're going to help people that are out on vacation right now just rest, including my parents. You're just going to bring a supernatural rest and rejuvenation. And God, that this will be a place where you lead them to still waters and restore their soul. And God, we just speak that to all those that are visiting family and out camping as well, God, that this is going to be a time of rejuvenation and a time even of connecting to you. You're not limited to do a church service, God. You're all over the place. And, God, you're seeking to encounter people all, you know, wherever they are. And so, God, we just pray for encounters wherever our people are uh, today. And bless all the, uh, yeah, that are here, God, and, and uh, as they leave. And just keep us safe and give us journey mercies as we uh, return home. In your name we pray. Amen.